The Happy Even After Podcast. The Happy Even After Podcast. Divorce sucks, but it doesn't need to define you, and it doesn't need to be the end of your story. The Happy Even After Podcast. Meet your host, Renee Bauer, an award-winning divorce attorney, peacemaker, author, and founder of The D Course, an online divorce educational program. She's been doing this work for almost two decades, and she is passionate about helping all women make it out the other side. The Happy Even After Podcast. Let's jump in. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode. I am just going to jump right in because I am so pumped to start this conversation. I am here today with Chloe Timchin, who is an award-winning singer, songwriter, speaker, and the creator of Super Brave, an interview series that features both kids and adults who are living with a chronic illness. Chloe is a survivor, having been diagnosed with a life-threatening illness herself and survived on oxygen for years, despite the fact she was given very little time left to live. 12 years later, she went into cardiac arrest, ended up in a coma for four days and on life support when she received a life-saving double lung transplant. If that's not crazy enough, she has accomplished so much. She sings with a paralyzed vocal cord and is widely regarded by her peers in the music industry. She's written with numerous Grammy award-winning songwriters and has been featured in the news, Huffington Post, New York Post, USA Today, has appeared on TV, Late Night with David Letterman, and the list goes on and on and on, but we're really not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about her story of perseverance and rising above adversity. Welcome, Chloe. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. What an introduction. You make me want to meet myself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you are. You're that cool. So, you know, I want to just jump in and let my audience hear from you because your story of just what you've gone through is so incredible. And not that you survived it, but that you sit here today with so much positivity and like so much zest and like just loving life. So, Let's just start with what happened. Where did the like the big shift come in your life where your life was kind of turned upside down? Wow. Oh God, what a question. I mean, it's been turned upside down so many times that <laughs> which one to pick? Which one to pick from the batch, you know? But I think it's sort of the idea. Oh great, of course now I'm something in my throat. Excuse me, one second. <clears throat> part of the deal, by the way. This is all part of what's what's going on. And I hope that part does not get edited out. <laughs> No, well, it's, it's, it's there when I perform. It's like I have to excuse myself, go off to the side. It's like I say, you always have to find a way to do whatever it is you're doing, and it might not be the typical way. And it's been like that throughout. I think it's funny because I was just talking about this yesterday about the idea that it's everybody's like, oh my gosh, it's like you're reborn with these new lungs and it's a new life. And I feel as though it's like I was born for the first time this time because It's such an awakening, you know, when you're faced with dying really is what it is. I mean, you're literally told you're going to die. You feel like you're going to die. You die because I went into cardiac arrest and then you're revived and you come back and it really is like you, your eyes open up and you see the world in such a different way that of all of these times you're talking about, you know, these sort of new experiences, this birth, not even rebirth feels like the most gigantic thing that could happen. And it's been just eye opening, you know, in the way that, I see the world and the gratitude that comes with that, the perspective that comes with that. I mean, so many of these things that sometimes we forget, you know? So it's, that probably didn't answer your question. I I tend to answer my own questions, by the way. That's okay. I'll just answer another question. um, (laughs) We can do this all day. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, exactly right. Four hours later, you know, they're like, oh my God. Again, I really don't know if that answers your question, but it, it there are, it's just moment after moment of having to get through and having a new way of seeing life because of it, you know, having this past experience with transplant be the biggest thing that I imagine, well, at least in my life has ever happened, you know, such a dramatic change inside and out. So can you just give some background for yes. the listeners? What is the health issue that you've struggled with? And when, how old were you when you first realized that this was happening? So I was like normal kid doing my thing, making music, running. I mean, fastest on the team, nothing was wrong, you know? And then at the age of 25 is when it just became so dramatically different for me. I started to not be able to breathe. I had terrible pain. It was like I had the flu all the time. I was coughing compulsively and it was not right. Like something was really not right. And I found myself, you know, I was performing and I couldn't even get onto the stage. By the time I got there, it was like, you know, and I'm like, wow, I really am out of shape. You know, so then of course I tried that. It was like, I, I mean, I went to every doctor you could imagine and I was diagnosed with everything. And then 24 hours later, they released me and they're like, okay, well, you don't have that. So I'm like, well, great, but what is this, you know? And it just got worse and worse and worse. And that was sort of a five-year misdiagnosis situation. So just five years of not knowing what's going on and getting so much worse. Ended up in heart failure, ended up at that point being diagnosed with severe pulmonary hypertension and pulmonary venoocclusive disease. This second one is like life expectancy is like 15 minutes with PVOD. So I would, they were like, you need to have a transplant. You do, 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 do. You're going to die. We don't even know if you'll survive. And I basically just sort of went my own way because I, I followed the doctor's as much as I needed to, and then kind of went my own way because it was so depressing, you know, being told you're going to die and there's nothing we can do. And, you know, the medicine that helps pH, you can't take if you have PVOD. And I was like, oh my, you know, so I sort of went into my own world. And that's where I talk about these five key principles that I kind of developed. I applied really to my life, which I can get into or not, but they all sort of really helped me in conjunction with some medicine, stay alive. And I maintained my life and performed and did all that I could till last year. I have no sense of time, by the way, but last year I was in, it just, it got so horrible. I was rushed to the emergency room, went into cardiac arrest and they revived me, thank God. And I was in a coma for four days. And then I was on life support ECMO for 21 days. And then it was a matter of, I mean, to the day I needed a lung transplant, which was the scariest thing for me, a transplant, scarier than death at the time until you really face death. And then you're like, okay, please give me a lung transplant, you know? So it was to the day we received a phone call because they were looking at me like this girl is not surviving another day. And so we got the call and it was just the most miraculous. I mean, from the nightmare of what it was to the most gigantic miracle you could imagine because you, it's the chance at life again. And boom, it happened. Tricky surgery, not easy. Welcome to my world. <laughs> And thank God, so far, so good. It's been unbelievable. And I can breathe and I feel amazing. You know, there's still things I have to take care of because of ECMO and what it sort of left its mark, ECMO. But in terms of the transplant, it's just such an amazing thing. I just, it's so hard to describe how grateful I am to be alive. And as, as I say, I feel like I'm living for two people, you know, so it's this added something that I can't explain, you know? Did you ever get to the point where you were so low? Like, I think so many of my listeners are going through a divorce, right? And so when you're going through a divorce, you feel like your world is caving in. It's the worst place that you can be. And 
I think that where you were, I know where you were is the worst case that that can be. But so often when you're going through something really hard, there's that moment of like, you know, just that crushing grief and you can't get any lower. And then the only thing to do is kind of climb up from that. Did you have a moment like that? Or were you always kind of positive and had the outlook of like, okay, I'm going to make the best of this? I think that you in a situation like this, you know, I can only speak for what I know. And in a situation like this, it's so intense that it's almost like, and I don't mean to say this in the wrong way, but I've had those moments, but they're not when it's this intense. When it's this intense, your will to live in my case is so strong that I wouldn't allow myself to go there. Cause I, I think it's almost too dangerous in a situation like that. If you kind of allow yourself to get sucked in by what's happening, you could get sucked in. And so I think that with every single thing, thing. And this is at the most dramatic place where they're like, you're going to die. There's nothing. You're in the hospital. You can't breathe. You can't move. I, I just went in my head. I just sort of the perspective that I had in my head, thank God was there. And it was just like, you need to get yourself out. There's no question you need to survive. So if they're telling you that you got to get out of the bed, even though you can't feel your legs and you can't move and you're on ECMO, get out of bed. So it was like, I, I just went into this automatic mode to, to preserve my life. Now, it's almost like I said, it's harder when maybe it's, at least for me, it's been harder when it's not as dramatic, actually, because mm. you waver. You're like, well, and then you sort of allow yourself almost to have all these options because you have the fortune of not dying. You know what I mean? So you're kind of faced almost with too many options. <laughs> you know, you're like, well, I could go this way or this way or this way. And, you know, I mean, in a situation, it's hard to sort of speak for another situation. But in this one in particular, it was so clear in my head. I'm like, I have to go. And I always say, you know, this clear vision and hard work is how you get, I feel, to where you need to go, you know? And of course, so many things are part of that gratitude, perspective, sense of humor. You know, even on my deathbed, I was like making jokes with my doctor, but that's just the way that I am. But yes, I think that it can apply in any situation. But again, you have to really know what you want. And in that case, I really knew that I wanted to live. And that's so it was just boom, automatic. That might, again, not answer the question specifically. But I think that, again, in my case, it was clear. It was so clear what I needed to get to. I didn't let myself go there. You talk about having five principles. And I would love if you could share one or two of those. Yes, of course. And they're, they're sort of easy and quick. And they're very obvious. They're, they just were so helpful to me. Nutritional lifestyle, so the way I kind of use food to heal my body. Mindset, put just completely brainwashed myself into believing I was going to get better no matter what I was being told. Exercise, which to me at the time was walking from my couch to the bathroom, which was huge, you know, and then sort of pushing myself every day a little bit more to do what I wasn't supposed to be able to do. Creative expression, which for me is music. But it's really shifting your spirits, you know, into something that is not where you are. So sort of getting yourself out of your situation. For me, that was, you know, a world that there was no pulmonary hypertension in the world of music. So that was my escape. And mindset. Oh, family and friends is the, the last one. Spending quality time with the people that really matter to you. But like quality time, not just sitting there like, oh, my, this hurts and that hurts. And, but really just having a good time and enjoying it life, you know? So let's talk a little bit then about mindset, because how do you change your mindset? I think that that's something that, that it's so hard for you to get caught up in the, for anyone to get caught up in all of the woe is me and the victimhood and you know, what's happening to me. How did have, did you actually change your mindset? I think it's always been for me perspective. You know, I think I just have a, I always sort of see things as, oh, okay, let's resolve this instead of sort of falling into the trap of, oh no, 
I don't think I've ever really felt, why me? Why did this happen? I sort of feel that there is a lesson. You know, again, this all sounds corny because it's repeated so much, but I really feel that. Like, this has happened for a reason. I have learned so much from this that with everything that happens, I'm like, oh no, here we go. But all right, what are you trying to, to teach me from this, you know? And so it really is about that for me. And I'm always like, it almost becomes like a video game of my life. I'm like, ah, oh, why'd you put this there, you know? Now I have to figure out my way around this one. But I think because I do maintain perspective, I sort of see it as, all right, let's resolve this and let me get the lesson. And then let me move on, you know? I don't fall into that thing. Now, let me say, I have days that I'm like sobbing from fear and like, oh my God, it's, it's never sort of, why did this happen to me? It's more fear and pain. Sometimes I'm in like pain. So I'm like, I just cry because I'm like, oh, this is exhausting. You know, like when my, I couldn't, my mouth and my legs and I couldn't walk and my feet were blown up and I had all these sores on them because of what ECMO had done. I'm like, you just get tired every so often of having to feel a certain way, whatever it may be in life. You just get exhausted. And I am like, go for it, cry, do whatever it is you need to do. But then like, give yourself that time to do that and then move on, get over it. You know I mean? It's easier said than done, but move on because you don't really, you know, your life is going by and you don't really want to spend your time in that place. So for me, I just sort of let it happen, get the lesson, cry when I need to get, get it done with and move on. What is you? I, I love that because that's something I talk about too, is mm. allowing yourself to grieve kind of where you are. Yes. But then there does come a point where you have to stand up from that. So like, yes. what do you think is that? What's the end point? Like, can you grieve for a week? Is this a day long grief? Or is this something that you're going to do for a few hours and then brush off? Like how long have you actually kind of gone through that process? Coming at you this spring, the She Who Wins Summit is my first live event. There is no other event like it out there. It's not a stuffy, boring conference. The She Who Wins Summit is a day-long event for women who are ready to up-level their life. This event will inspire you. This event will motivate you. This event will move you. Are you ready to supercharge your self-belief and ignite your soul? Join us. For more information, check out www.shewhowins.com. Hope to see you there. I think it's so different for, for everyone. It's hard for me to say what anybody else should ever do, you know, because and depending on the grief, I mean, oh my God, you know, I mean, I, we just lost this sweet little boy from pulmonary hypertension. who was such a, he was a really close friend of mine. He became such a close friend of mine. And I think of his mother and I'm like, how would you ever be able to talk about grief from that? Like yeah. that woman, if she grieves for the rest of her life, deserves to grieve for the rest of her life. You know what I mean? So I can't put a time frame on it for people, but I can say for myself that I get bored really quickly. And so I literally will bore myself into something new. And, and I, I don't like to stay in a certain place for too long. I'm, I'm very inspired by life. So I like to get out of it. So I kind of go full force for, for me generally. I mean, it's not long. It's, you know, I'll take like an hour, like it's quick. And I, and I just cry and I cry. And then by the end of the hour, I'm sitting there, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm bored. <laughs> like I actually bore myself. So, but I do have to get it out. And I do have to say, I talk a lot. I have a wonderful group around me, including boyfriend, parents, friends. I'm very close to, it's not a lot of people, but the people that I am close to, I'm very close to. So I can really talk and that really does help. 
to just get it out and then sort of have your own grieving thing, spit it all out to the people who will take it and listen to you and then just move on, you know, for me, at least that's what, yeah. what works. Did you think that had you not gone through what you've gone through, that your life would be the same, like you would have that same positivity, same, has this been mm-hmm. something, obviously it's changed your life. Like, are you able to sit back and say, wow, this changed my life for the better because there's something that came out of it. Like I'm a different person now than I would be if I hadn't gone through this illness. I know that's a hard question, but I'm just curious on your perspective of that. I think a hundred percent. It has changed so much about me. It's, I almost don't even know where to begin. Now, would I choose to not have gone through this? It's a tricky thing because when I'm in severe pain and on my deathbed, then I would have said, don't give me this for the lesson. Like I would have preferred to not have gone through any of this truthfully. But when I feel better and I'm able to feel better and have learned the lesson, I'm like, oh, I get both in one. I get feeling great and the lesson then I get it. I'm like, wow, I see why this had to happen. I do feel very different. I feel like I was sort of in a, I I didn't have uh, the appreciation. I mean, even remotely for being alive and for existence and just the moments of my life, seeing them feeling like I'm awake in this world. I didn't have any of that before. I was also a lot younger, but I really didn't see that, you know, and it was all about music and, you know, forget like, yeah, I love my family and my friends, but that, uh, let's just my career and my, you know, all these things that were me, 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 me. And I'm still very like, you know, a me, 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 but it's so different. I can see the time and the value and spending that time with the people you love. And, and I see so much that I didn't see. And again, the gratitude is like a million fold for every single thing in life. I walk outside and I'm like, I live by mountains now. And I'm like, I could stare at the mountain for like an hour. I'm like, can you believe that now? You know, it's like everything you see, it's so differently and breathing. I mean, my God, would I have ever appreciated breathing? No, <laughs> I don't think so. So it's the simple little things in life you see so differently. And those happen to be, I think, big things in life, you know? And so it's a difficult question to answer because again, man, when you don't feel well and you're facing death and you're on ECMO and I was hallucinating and in more pain than I can imagine, I would have given up all the lessons I would have learned in one second. You know, that's the truth, you know, but I have learned a lot. Chloe, what, what do you say to someone who is going through their own struggles and their own adversity about how they get through it? Someone who is at that moment where they're like, I'm never going to survive this. I'm not going to get through whatever it is that that is giving them a hard time. Do you have any advice for them? Well, I do feel it's sort of like the thing I say, which is the impossible can always become possible as long as we're still breathing, you know? And so, yes, feeling like that is a real feeling that we can all have. But we don't have to feel like that. I mean, the way we feel and the way we think and the way we see life, and it's really a choice, you know, so no matter what's going on, everybody has their way of sort of overcoming this, but whatever it may be that's going on, it's sort of the idea of, at least in my mind, again, letting yourself experience whatever it may be, but really deciding how you want to live your life because that's your life. Like it's almost like the joke's on you if you're not enjoying it because at the end of it all, what happened, you know? And I can tell you lying there on my deathbed, I I looked back like I was 90 years old and I was like, oh wow, like how did I live my life? And all those moments that I worried and I wasn't happy and I was complaining and I was, I'm like, God, if only I could have not wasted that time 
in that space, you know? So again, I really do feel like it's a matter of choice. We can put in here whatever we want. So there is a shift that can always happen, you know, and it's just a matter of deciding you want to shift that and seeing it in any way you want to see it, you know, no matter what is going on, it's like, okay, if this is the hardest thing in the world, let me just let it happen, cry about it, figure out what in the world is trying to teach me, get the lesson, move on, live your life, be where you are, you know, and really just exist in a, in a beautiful way because it's this only, I think this is the only life we have as far as I know. And, you know, it's just a shame to let it go by not being in the mind frame and spiritual frame that we want to be in. So after that moment, after you got your second lease on life, did you do something big after that? Did you make a decision to go all in or something um, because of that moment? Well, I think, and correct me, maybe I don't understand the question, but I, the biggest thing for me then was to perform again, you know, and it was sort of like, I have these new lungs. I can't quite, it was so weird when you have new lungs because you don't really know how to breathe into them correctly. And my voice was completely broken. Like, I could barely sing. And I thought, I, I really want to perform for the doctors at the hospital who gave me life. So that was the biggest thing. And I, again, I don't know if this answers your question, but I did it. And it was the worst performance I've ever given in my entire life. It's terrible because those are the people that saved my life. So I wanted to give them the best show. And sure enough, it was horrible, but it was a wonderful experience because I was there. I was alive doing it and making it happen. Does that answer what you, it what you were asking? Totally answers that because I think that I think a lot of people would default to, okay, this thing happened to me. I can't use this gift that I have because mm -hmm. it's been taken away from me. And you said two things like one, I'm going to continue to do what I love and I'm going to do it imperfectly, which I love that because I would think like as someone who you have a talent and you've performed to some certain level or standard mm -hmm. that you have. And then all of a sudden to not reach to what you know, you're capable of, I mean, that must be really hard. Yes. And it's like I say, and it's really hard because I'm very much a perfectionist and I know that it will never be perfect, but I still strive for that. But it was such a big deal because, oh God, I forgot what I was going to say. It was very specific about this performance. Oh, it's gone. It's gone. I would sit here and waste everybody's time while I think about it, but I don't want to. Oh, if it comes back, I'll let you know. Cause it was very specific about this performance. <laughs> I hate when that happens. As I'm talking, I forget what I'm saying. Nice. Yeah. Nice. It happens, it happens several times a day. Oh, like, you're not alone. I got it. It's the do what you can with what you have thing, you know, and it's always been like that for me. It's like whatever you need to do to make it happen, do that, you know, and it's, I have found alternate ways of doing things this entire time. Now for over like 13, 14 years, it's been, it's just, you find a way to do it. You find another way to do it, you know, and that's what it has been. Otherwise, what you're waiting for some perfect time that doesn't necessarily exist, you know, and then it never happens. Yeah, absolutely. I think well, so many of us fall into that, right? Like if we can't do it perfectly, we're not doing it all. And yeah. then we just don't do it. I'm d I've definitely been guilty of that too. Chloe, how do we find you on social media and connect with you? Because everyone should be following you. Well, thank you. Uh, the best way is probably, I mean, I'm on everything with my name. So it's youtube.com slash Chloe Temption, Instagram slash Chloe Temption. But I think the center hub is my website which is again, <laughs> Chloe Temption. It's uh, chloetemption.com. So the best ways to go there, to sign up, we give away things all the time and I share my story and that's sort of the easiest way to stay in the zone if you'd like to be a part of my world. 
Chloe, what is next for you? Because I have a feeling you are just getting started. Surgery, (laughs) if I'm being honest. I had surgery on March 10 to repair my leg. But aside from that, things are building, which is really great. And I, I try not to see too far in the future right now because it's a scary thing for me. But I'm planning performances. We're we're working on performances currently happening online because of the state of the universe. But performances, speaking things that I do. So a lot of that happening. And then I'm releasing tons of new music. Um, I'm releasing a little ebook coming soon. So lots of things being released, which will all be announced via my website and every other social media outlet. (laughs) That's that's amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much. You are an absolute beautiful soul. I am just, I'm so inspired by you. Like, I feel like if I'm getting into a rut and I'm having a day and I like, I have to like tap back into this interview and say, well, how would Chloe handle this? <laughs> what would she oh, say about exactly. it? I'd be like, hey, go cry for a bit and then let's get over it and go have fun. <laughs> no time to waste. Yeah. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. <laughs> That's a wrap. Link up with us at MsReneeBauer.com. Remember to rate and review and share with anyone you think might find this episode helpful. You can change your story and live happy even after. Oh.